0: Are you hungry for the word today? Good, good, good. Jesus said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for a right relationship with him. They will be filled. As if we, that light is really irritating. Stop it. Anyway, don't ignore that light. Focus on the word today let's uh, let's read together you know in the beginning the bible says god spoke didn't he he said let there be and there was that's the power of god's word worlds were born land was born sea was born the sky was born we were born Animals were born. Creation was born because God spoke. And at the end of the word of Scripture, it says, finishes with these words, come, 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 and everybody will come and come to God at the end. God speaks as we've been looking at throughout the pages of Scripture. God is not silent. If God was silent, we wouldn't have the Scriptures, would we? We have the Scriptures because God speaks, and he continues to speak throughout history, throughout people, and he continues and wants to speak to you and me. And we've been looking at 1 Samuel where God says, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And the, and the, and the question is really, the ultimate question for us all is not, is God speaking? Because we know that he carries on speaking. But are we really listening? Are we listening to him? Oh, I've gone the wrong way. There we go. And it's the Holy Spirit that is the voice that speaks into you and me. When God speaks, he speaks through his Holy Spirit to us. The Spirit was there hovering over the chaos right at the beginning. It's the Spirit that continues to speak to us, and through us to one another. The Spirit is the voice of God to you and me. So the question is, do we know the Spirit of God? How well do we really know God's Spirit and His voice speaking to us? Hang on, let me, uh, can we click it back onto the start? I think I was at the end. And then, uh, then we'll do it. Just do it at the top there, play from the start. Can you do that? Go up, up, up. Top left. Under home, it says play from start. Oh, what's happened now? It's God's Spirit that continues to speak of us. Last week, we talked about how God speaks to us because He longs to give us the Spirit. One of the roles of the Spirit of God is to give us His gifts and abilities. And it says He gives to everybody, doesn't it? The manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. And God gives us His gifts so that we can use those gifts through the power of the Holy Spirit to bless one another, to encourage one another, to build one another, to be the church of Jesus Christ. And as we use those gifts and abilities, thank you, then, uh, oh, now my clicker's not working. What's happening? Everything. Oh, there we go. Good. And it's about as we, as we listen to God, that's how we get into alignment with Him. And God speaks in so many different ways. And the key of all of this is our alignment to God. Are we flowing with God? Are we listening to God? Is our ears tuned into the Spirit of God? Are we aligned to God so that we can hear what He is saying? If you think about it on a radio, are you tuned into the right station or are you tuned into the wrong station? If you tune into any other station, you won't hear what that station is saying. They're still proclaiming the message, they're still speaking. But if you're not tuned in, you won't hear. And the question is, how well are we aligned to the Spirit? And we said the Spirit speaks in so many different ways to us. Are we listening? Last week, as we said, 1 Corinthians 12 7, the, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good and those gifts. So I want to look at one other a different thing, aspect of the Spirit's voice today. And that comes from 1 John 2 20. But you have an anointing. He's saying, Dear children, at the beginning of this section. So he's speaking to all believers. He says, You have an anointing from the Holy One, from the Spirit. And all of you know the truth. You know, I hear so often in churches that people kind of say in their congregate, Oh, like that, that man of God or that woman of God is so anointed. Our worship team are so anointed. As though they have some kind of special gifting from the Holy Spirit that I don't have. There are the anointed and then there are the rest of us. You ever heard that in church? The Bible says if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you're anointed. Right, All of us. He's talking to the whole believers. Dear friends, he says, you have an anointing from the Holy One. Now, what's an anointing? What does it mean to be anointed? It's kind of like this. How many of you have ever been caught in a thunder shower? Like, I mean, I don't mean a drizzle. I don't even mean rain. I mean where your underpants are soaked your socks are soaked that when you take your shoes off like a swimming pool comes in have you ever been like that you know i remember when i was younger i, I was uh i was on a christian family holiday and uh there was a friend of mine uh she's the same age as me i've known her since i was knee high to a grasshopper right that, that long and, and and i wound her up and uh She decided in an unchristian fashion to get her own back. And so what she did was, in an unsuspecting moment when I was leading some games in a swimming pool, she decided to get a whole load of posse of women to shove me into the pool, which was seriously irritating because I had my wallet in my back pocket and, and credit cards and chlorinated water don't go well together. But she did, right? So she, she got me and she pushed me in and I was like, stop, 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 stop. And she wouldn't stop. Got your back. I was soaked. I was anointed by the swimming pool. Right? Not just my shorts and my underwear and everything else was absolutely ringing wet, but my wallet, I had to open my wallet back. all the pound notes had stuck together. I remember going outside because it was nice and sunny. I had the, the, the car there, and I just stuck everything out to try and dry it out across the windshield of the car because everything in my wallet, everything was just absolutely soaked. That's the anointing. Do you remember when, when, um, when Samuel anointed David? You know what they used to do? They used to get a whole massive jar, not just a tiny little olive oil. They, they would have, like, massive things and they would go up to them, and they would just break it and pour it over their heads, right? So it just absolutely, so like a shower full of the stuff. You, you'll be smelling of olive oil for weeks. There'll be bits of it in crevices of your body that you don't want it to be in. That's, that's anointing. And, and God says, you know what? You've all been anointed like that by the Holy One. You've been poured out by the Holy One. You've been covered by the Holy One, drenched. But the difference is, unlike water, unlike anointing of the priests, unlike when you get soaked in a shower, the anointing from the Holy One comes from inside out, not outside in. It starts within your spirit, in your soul, and it starts to come out as it continually pours and anoints from within. Do you feel anointed? I want to ask two questions today. Well, why, why is this important? Why is it important to know that we're anointed? What does it really mean in our lives day to day? And secondly, how, how do I receive it, or how do I increase that anointing within me? So there's not just a tiny little sprinkling, but it's actually a pouring out, a real anointing of the Holy Spirit in my life, because that's what the Spirit wants to do for you and for me. Let's look together at 1 Corinthians chapter 2. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, Paul here is talking about wisdom that comes from the Spirit, Wisdom that comes from the Spirit. And he says, this this kind of wisdom, these are the things God has revealed to us by his Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. What we have received is not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught to us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words." Brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not yet ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. You are still worldly. For since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere humans? Thanks be to God for his reading. I'm going to whip back to the beginning here. Let's look at what, that, what does that really mean? Firstly, why, why is it important to have this anointing by the Holy Spirit? Well, the Bible talks, as we've been looking at for a long time now, in two realms. There is a physical realm and there is a spiritual realm. There are things that we can discern and see and understand in the spiritual, and there are things that we have to understand and see in the spiritual. And the scriptures try to explain to us what's going on in the spiritual realm that impacts the physical realm ar- around us. But as Paul says in this passage to the Corinthians, he says, You cannot understand the spiritual realm unless you've been anointed by the Holy Spirit. It's impossible. He said, "You need the Holy Spirit to understand the spiritual realm." Now, how does this work? Okay, I need. uh, Who am I going to? Lillian, do you want to come up here for a minute? Do you mind? You, you are, you are Father God, right? The Creator of the universe, of heaven and earth, right? Okay, Haley, do you want to come out? Haley is the Holy Spirit, right? Go, go be with the Father. That's where you belong. I'm me. Okay, I see you're more for the Spirit and the Father, but anyway, okay. Now, how does this work? Well, Paul says it works like this. How do I know the mind of God? I can't, Right? God is God is out there. God is so much out. I can't even approach God. I can sing praises to God. I can worship God. How can I know the mind of God? He says it's in the same way. It's like how, how can I know what, what Alex is thinking right now? Anybody know what Alex is thinking right now? Andrea, do you know what Alex is thinking right now? No, like you've been married to him for a long time but you still don't know what he's really thinking. Who knows what Alex is thinking? Huh? Alex, who knows what I'm thinking right now? Me. You know, I, I could be thinking about the milk I've got to go buy after the service for all you know, right? I might be preaching, but I'm still... Th- you don't know what I'm thinking. Only we know what we're thinking. You ever been in one of those situations? Stay there, Father and Spirit, right? For a minute. I shouldn't tell the Father and Spirit what to do, should I really? But anyway dangerous ground you ever been in one of those moments where where somebody's talking to you and you you thought like I had somebody once that came up and started criticizing me you know and I've got one of those brains I'm not gonna tell you what I was thinking or what (laughs) what they said even but they came up after the service started criticizing didn't like this didn't like that you know and I have one of those brains that like thinks really like this right I thought of something so funny but completely unministerially appropriate for church, right? But my brain didn't tell my face not to show how funny it was. So they're up there criticizing the service and what had gone on, and I started smiling. And they went, what's so funny? What's so funny? And I suddenly, oh, nothing, nothing. Well, it is, obviously, because your face is, you know, And I'm thinking, I'm just glad I haven't opened my mouth. You ever been in one of those situations? Because your brain, you only know what you're thinking. Sometimes your face reveals it, but you don't let it out. Now, Spirit and Father are together, right? I'm over here. I want to know the mind of God. How can I know the mind of God? I can't. Who knows the mind of the Father? The Spirit. Why? Because the Spirit is in communion with the Father. So, the Father whispers something to the Spirit. Go whisper something to the Spirit about how good the minister looks or something like that. Right? Then the Spirit, when I'm in connection with the Spirit of God, what does the Spirit of God do? The Spirit of God is the conduit by which the Spirit comes to me. And then whispers to me, you should have a pay rise. Was that it? No? Okay, what was it? She loves very much. Ah, beautiful. Right? She loves very much. That's how it works. Paul says, right? These things God has revealed to us by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. So it's through the Holy Spirit that the deep things of God become known. And the Spirit then connects with my spirit, if I'm a believer in Jesus Christ, so that I can know the things that God wants to reveal to me. You see how it works? That's why the anointing comes from within. So the Spirit constantly is going backwards and forwards. It's kind of like my Google towards god right you know when you don't know anything these days you just google it don't you oh yeah and then we become experts but the spirit is kind of it's not from me though i can't google to god saying well i kind of can in some way we'll come on to that but god wants to reveal himself to me so he uses the spirit as the go-between So the spirit connects to the mind of God who then connects to my spirit which connects to my mind and I understand the things of God. Do you get it? Does that make sense? Thank you, Father and Spirit. Awesome. So that's what he's saying here, right? Isn't that incredible? Isn't it incredible that the Father wants to give you, impart to you his wisdom? Isn't that? No? Do you get it? That the God of the universe, the one that created everything says, you know what, Richard, I want to impart to you my wisdom. Jenny, I want to impart to you my wisdom. That the things, the deep things that I understand, the way that I see things, the way that I recognize things, I I want you to know that. I want to reveal certain things to you. And you alone... Everyone who is a believer has that opportunity because that is the role of the Spirit of God. But he does it not just for information, but he does it for transformation. You know the difference? He doesn't just do it because he goes, you know what, this is an interesting fact that I want you to know. He does it because I want, to, I want you to change I want you to do something with this information. I want it to go through you so that it has an impact in your life. God doesn't waste words on trivialities. He says, you know, these things are important. These things are deep. And I'm going to use them to make a difference in the world around in through you. Sometimes for your benefit, often for yours and for someone else's. You see, last week we were talking about gifting, but you cannot know the gifting Unless you know the Spirit. It's the Spirit that reveals to you your gift, and it's the Spirit that will tell you where your gifting is supposed to fit, how you're supposed to use it, what you're supposed to do with it. Because it comes from Him, it's His gift, and He says, this is where I want it to be plugged in. This is how I want you to use it. And so we need to know, we need to have that connection with the Spirit of God. Otherwise, we won't understand. He says, who knows a person's thoughts except, as we said that, in the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. What we have received is not the Spirit of this world, that you can get on Google, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. This was Job's problem, wasn't it? Job, the whole book of Job is about this issue. Job was trying to figure out why, and his friends were trying to figure out why bad things happen to a good person, but they were using human wisdom. And God said at the end of the book, basically, he showed up and he says, When you have my wisdom, when you see things the way I see things, then then you'll understand. And Job goes, Oh, what an idiot. I'm trying to understand spiritual things in a worldly sense, and it's impossible to do that. This is what we speak, not words taught by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. You can tell where a believer is when you listen to their words. There are so many believers that talk, with human wisdom only and not with spiritual wisdom. Listen what he says. He says there's three groups of people. He says, first, there's those people without the Spirit that do not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God. And so they will consider anything that God says to them foolishness because all they see is what they see around them and they filter everything through what they see around them. They won't understand the plans of God. So those are the people that see Noah building an ark and said, you're an idiot because we're living in a heat wave. And I look around me, and all I see is what I see, and so I I filter everything. I critique everything through what I see in the physical realm. Noah, you're a fool. Why are you wasting your time building an ark when you don't need an ark? And so they just, when Abraham says, get up and leave and go to the place, you know, God says to him, go to this place, and he gets up and he leaves, everybody around him is going, you're an idiot. What are you leaving that for? You're doing really well here. Why would you go and give it all up and go there? When Abraham has to go and, you know, sacrifice Isaac, everybody would say, you're an idiot. He's a child of promise. doesn't make sense in the physical realm, but in the spiritual realm, it's different, right? But people who don't understand the spiritual realm, all they have is the physical realm. And so that's what they say. That's what they talk about. That's how they see it. That's how they judge everything. That's how they look at everything. And that's how you will hear them speak about everything and anything around them because they don't have the spirit. Then there are people that have the spirit. And they make judgment about all things, but such a person is not subject to merely human judgments. So what's this saying? People like Noah who are building their ark, people can say whatever they want, but they're not subject to that because they have heard from God what they're supposed to be doing. And therefore, yeah, people will be just kind of going, you know what? you're ridiculous doing this. It doesn't make any sense doing this. And the answer is, yeah, it doesn't in the physical realm, but in the spiritual realm. But I'm not subject to your judgment because I'm doing something because God's told me to do it. And therefore, you get it? I'm not subject to that. And then he says there are a third group of people Brothers and sisters, that's believers in Jesus Christ. I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. There are believers, Paul says who even though they have received the Spirit of God still behave as though there is no Spirit of God and they still judge everything in the physical realm around them. Do you know people like that? You hear them speak, even though they're your brothers and sisters in Christ, they speak as though... They don't even understand that there is a spiritual realm that's going on, that there is a God who's controlling everything, who is speaking through His Spirit to people and telling them what to do and how to do things. They just judge with their eyes. They judge with their own intellect. They judge on a physical level everything around them. And they don't believe in a God who is so much bigger and in a spiritual realm that is so far beyond our own physical realm around us. And Paul says, you know what? They're like milk drinkers. They've never grown up. Oh, thank you. Bless you. Thank you so much. He said there's three kinds of people. And the important thing is that God wants us to be those spiritual kind of people. People. He said, you know, I've given my spirit, and I want you to listen to my spirit. I want you to have that anointing pouring out within you. I want you to open yourself, to align yourself, so that you get that anointing. And I said, the second question was, "How, how? How do we do that? How do we align ourselves? Am I going the wrong way? He says there's three types of people. Without the Spirit, they see everything as foolishness in the spiritual realm. The spiritual, and then there's believers who don't allow the anointing of the Spirit to flow. So how? How do we release the anointing? One of the names of the Holy Spirit that Jesus gives to the Holy Spirit is paraclete. Not parrot, but paraclete, like that. And a paraclete really means... Someone who comes alongside. It's someone who journeys with you, who comes alongside you and helps you on the journey to where you need to get to. That's a paraclete. I was out there not long ago. Somebody said, you know what? How do you get to so-and-so? They were completely lost. They had their phone with a map on it, but they couldn't understand where to get to. And I said, you know what, let me take you. Because it's a bit complex. I know where you need to get to. Let me let me just take you there. I've got the time. Let me just do that. I became their paraclete for that moment. I journeyed alongside them, talking with them, got them to their destination, and then left. Okay, that's the paraclete. The Holy Spirit's role, Jesus says in John 14 to John 16 when he talks about the Holy Spirit, he said, I've got a goal so the Holy Spirit can come It's to get alongside us, to help us to align ourselves with the will and the purpose and, of, of God in this and to release that anointing within you and within me. It's not something you can release. It's something that is released as you align yourself and that alignment comes through the power and the work of the Holy Spirit inside of you and me it's what we call sanctification the constant becoming more like Jesus Christ Jesus uses this word four times between John 14 and 16 I want to look at those because it will help you to understand how this works how do we release that anointing within us the first thing he says in John 16 is we need to repent I'm taking this in kind of reverse way that Jesus speaks about it. But he says one of the key things you got to do is to repent. He says this in John 16, 7 and 8. He said, "And tell you the truth. It is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the paraclete will not come to you, the counselor. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. The first thing we need to do is to repent. Do you know what repentance really is? It's it's not about feeling guilty. Repentance is about realignment. God wants me to go in this direction, right? God's Spirit says, David, this is the way I want you to go. But what do I do? Well, if if I'm half decent, I'll probably go like this. And I'll, and then I'll come over this way. And then, and then sometimes I'll just go like this. And then I go, oops. And then I'll come back here. And then I might tell you, oh, this is going well. And then I'll sort of veer off here because I'll get complacent. And then I'll kind of go over here, right? Repentance is realignment to the purpose, the will of God. It's what it is. It's not about guilt. It's not about feeling sorry for yourself. It's not about going, oops, I messed up again, God. It's about Jesus Spirit of God, get me back on track. That's what repentance really is. It really means turning around. It means I'm going in this way, and then, you know, I turn around and I go the right way. So repentance is about, that's where it all starts. Is about, Lord, I haven't received the full anointing of your Holy Spirit, so I need to repent. I need to get back into perfect alignment with you. I love it when people talk about space, you know, they, they have this thing, I think, where they were shooting a laser, I don't know if they're still doing it, up to a little bell they stuck on the moon. Can you imagine that? They, they shoot this laser up and it hits this bell or this target and their little thing goes bing, you know, and, but if they're like just a millionth of a out, because of the distance, it just misses it altogether. And that's, that's where repentance comes in, right? God says, I want you to shoot for the moon. This is the direction I want you to go in, but none of us do that. So we should be repenting all the time, saying, Lord, Spirit of God, get me back in perfect alignment, perfect alignment. I don't want to, you know, your word is a lamp. unto me. I don't want to go to the left or to the right. I don't want to keep kind of wandering like this, wasting my time. I want to go in the direction that you want me to go in perfectly so that I keep ringing the bell right that's so he says repent repent the spirit will show you if you ask the spirit of god show me where I'm out of alignment spirit of god help me to get back into alignment with you it's not just something you do once a week at church Give us our trespasses as we forget. No, no, no. You do it all the time. Spirit of God, get me into alignment with you every moment of every day. Help me to just focus on that in my mind, in my spirit, so that I may have the fullness of who you are working in and through me. He releases, he redirects, he realigns us. That's the first thing. Second thing in John 15, 26, he says this. He says, but when the counselor, the Paraclete comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. But you must also testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. The second thing that the Spirit of God will do when you're in alignment is is bring the truth testify about Jesus you start having that mindset that focus that says how, how can I speak about Jesus how can I exalt Jesus how can I please Jesus how can I speak the truth about Jesus how can Jesus story God's story become part of my story and my story become part of God's story and we become people of testimony where the Spirit will reveal opportunity after opportunity for you just to connect with others and speak about the love of Jesus Christ. He says, that's, that's what I want to do. You've been sent here for a purpose. You're sent here for a reason. You're sent here to do something, and what I want you to do is to testify about me. So just as the Spirit of God testifies about Jesus, so we are to testify through the power of the Holy Spirit about Jesus too in your life. You ever had those opportunities where you could speak about Jesus to people? Sometimes you don't do it, do you? And then you go... I was out, actually not long ago, I was... I was uh, coming back from somewhere going back to catch the tube back in, in London God, the Spirit spoke to me and said see that woman that's walking go speak to her and I'm like what she was young she was black and she was walking with purpose and I just went and I was behind her as well it wasn't like I was walking towards her that would have been easier But it meant I have to walk with even more purpose to catch her up, right? And and God's Spirit said, talk to her. I'm going to give you the words to say. And I I started speeding up, right? Speeding up. Then I started looking at her, and she looked, oh, man, she was young and looked mean. Like mean as in just focused. You know, know, some people always just think, I'm not going to talk to them. And and my spirit was like, talk to her, testify about who I am. Do you know what happened? I bottled out. Didn't do it. And the worst thing was, she went to the same station that I went to. And I was looking at her. Because I went down onto one platform, and she went to the other one right across to me. And it was like the Spirit of God saying, David... I wanted you to testify. Why didn't you? And I said, yeah, but I was like busy and I'm um, I got a tube to catch and I wanted to get home and all these reasons start coming into your mind. Right? Now why am I telling you this? I could tell you one where I did testify. I'm telling you this because that's where we're oft- often at, isn't it? That God will speak into your spirit and say, Testify. And so often we're like I'm busy, i got to get here, i got to do this, I've just had this, I've got this on my mind, I'm doing this. They, they don't look nice. They look a bit mean. What, what, happens if she, you know? what happens if she doesn't accept the testimony? What happens if she just thinks I'm going to mug her or something? That's what went through my head. What happens if she just, you know? And all these scenarios keep coming into your mind, but Jesus says, you know, trust me. Trust me, Spirit of God says, trust me. Like I, I wouldn't ask you to do this without the preparation. You know, I almost, when I was waiting for the train and she was waiting for the train, started yelling across the platform. And then I thought, you know, that's that's just not going to work. Hey, you over there? <laughs> no. The moment came and the moment went, and I've thought from that time to this, I wonder what would have happened if I'd have had the courage just to supplant all the fear and to trust in the Spirit testify he says if you're in alignment God will give you time after time after time to do things like that from my own personal testimony when I'm not aligned to God those moments don't happen they're like signposts on the journey when you are in alignment with the Spirit of God, when you're walking in the direction with the Spirit of God, it will just happen. You you don't have to ask for it, you don't have to look for it, it will just happen. The Spirit will say, There's a child of mine that's in alignment with me, listening to me, now I'm gonna do it. You know what happens when you say no to that? You go out of alignment again. When you refuse the Holy Spirit, you have to go back to number one and say, Lord, I'm sorry. That was a missed opportunity. You spoke to me, and because of fear, because of whatever, sorry, I'll come back. Get back me into alignment, and then let's get going again, and I'll give you another opportunity to share. Testify, he says. John 14, he says this. John 14, 26. I've spoken all this while I was still with you, but the Counselor, or the Holy Spirit, the Paraclete, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. You know, I keep asking you, how many of you read the Bible at least four times in the last week? Why? Why? Because the paraclete that Jesus, he said, I'm going to teach you stuff. You ever been into an exam where you haven't read the textbook? Haven't studied the subject? And you sit there and you pray, Lord help me to pass this and he said well it would have helped if you'd actually read the book it would have helped if you actually had studied and turned up to lectures I was I was in university when I was in my 20s there was a guy I studied civil engineering there was a guy that came in every lecture he plugged himself in with the headphones on to music and just sat there with his eyes shut his head bouncing up and down listening to music. Every lecture, didn't matter what the lecture was, he he turned up, but he didn't learn a thing. Now guess what happened to him? They threw him out. Why? Because they said, well, you might be physically here, but you're not really here. If we don't read the Word of God, how can the Spirit remind us of stuff that we've never read. How can the Spirit teach us stuff if we're not reading the textbook? The Spirit just doesn't kind of go, you know what, I'm going to teach you all this stuff without reading, without doing any of the work. He says, I've given you the textbook, and if you read the textbook, I will reveal the truth of the textbook to you. And when you then need it in certain circumstances, I will remind you of what I've already taught you, and it will come to your mind in that moment, and you'll be able to use it. But if you don't read it, how can I remind you? And if you don't read it, how can I teach you? Because I don't just teach you by standing in the, the foot of your bed at night talking nonsense to you. I teach you because I am the Spirit of truth. And the Word of God is truth. And I will reveal the Word of God to you. This is the way I do it, through your Word. So if you're not reading the Word of God, don't expect the Spirit of God to teach you anything. He won't. Because he said, this is the way I'm going to teach you, right? This is how it works. Now, God's not going to force you to read the textbook. You can go like that, mate of mine did. Sit there, just bobbing your head up and down every Sunday. And nothing will happen in your life. You'll be like one of those, the third category that Paul said, you may be believers in Jesus Christ, but the anointing is not going to happen. You're like babies drinking milk the whole of your life. Or whoever the writer to the Hebrews was says, you know what, you're just you ready for steak. You're still on Farley's Rusks. going to mush it all up for you and spoon feed it to you week after week because you're not you're not reading you're not understanding you're not asking the spirit to be your teacher and guide last one he says this is what the paraclete is he said and i will ask the father and he will give you another counselor the word another there there's two words in the greek for another the word here means the same as There's another word, uh, alos, but the other word heteros means different. I can give you another drink, or I can give you the same as. I could give you an orange juice, that's heteros, or I can give you another water, that's alos. And here he says, you know what? Jesus says, I'm going to give you the same as me through the Holy Spirit. You know that? You have, I have... When the Spirit comes to us, when we are anointed by the Spirit, it's like having Jesus with us the whole time. So, whatever situation we're facing, wherever we are, we can say, Jesus, what would you do in this situation? Jesus, how, how do I handle this? Jesus, you know, what? I need your strength in this. Do you imagine if you had Jesus right next to you throughout your life? Can you imagine that. What would you do? How would your life be different if Jesus was right there? If you were like one of those disciples, someone's sick, what would you do? Over to you, Jesus. <laughs> Off you go, mate. That's what you do. Someone comes to you with a tricky question, what would you do? Over to you, Jesus. You're the one that gives all the answers. We well, don't really give answers, you just give more questions. But over to you, mate. You know it all. If someone comes to you and says, What shall I do about this? You go, Over to you, Jesus. You've got all the wisdom. You saw that, you know, give him the answer. That's what the disciples did the whole time, wasn't it? They, they kind of just went, he's the main man, go to him. That's why Jesus says, I've got to go away, because if I'm still with you, then all you're going to do is defer to me over and over and over again, right? Jesus, over to you, mate, right? I'm, I'm, just, I'm just happy to watch you work. You ever been in those situations where someone's working and you're just sitting there and you're going, oh, this is good, because the job's getting done. But you're not actually doing it, but you're just basking in the fact that the job's getting done. You know what I mean? Somebody's cutting the grass out there and you're sitting in the deck chair. Nothing better, is there? You know? They're doing all the work, but you're enjoying the benefits. It's great. That's what it would be like with Jesus, wouldn't it? I'd be just basking in him. Yeah, go on, Jesus, you do it, mate. But that's what Jesus has done through the Spirit. He said, I'm going to bring my Spirit to you so that it's as though I'm there with you. It's the same as me. So, so when you want to know what I would do, ask the Spirit, and the Spirit will tell you. That's what God has done for you and me. He says, and it's my companion. I'll never leave you. I'll always be there. Luke eleven thirteen, 13, Jesus said, you know what, I'm going to give the Father. Ask and you will receive so that, and then he goes on, doesn't he? How much more will I give the Spirit to those who ask? You want the Spirit of God? He said, ask. Four things. If you want to release the anointing, firstly, you have to repent. You have to say, Lord, Spirit, get me back in line. Get me aligned to you. Get me in right relationship with you. Second, Lord, help me when those opportunities you bring come that I testify about you. Help me not to squander those opportunities when you ask me to do something. Give me the courage and help me to just do them so that I testify about you. Thirdly, teach me everything that you want me to know. I'm going to read your word. I'm going to soak in your word. I'm going to ask you, Spirit of God, to help me to understand your word. And lastly, thank you that you are always with me that any situation that I find myself in, I'm going to just ask you, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to say? How do you want me to do it? You know, every week I do that with a a message. You know that? It's a a horrendous job, really. Every week you've got to come up with something else, right? I mean, thankfully it's a large book. Right? So you never run out, really, do you? But can you imagine, like every week, can you imagine standing here and I'll be sitting there? Right? Every week you're kind of going like, what, 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 what shall I talk about this week? What should That's why they produced a lectionary, so that you just have set readings. But it's easy, because you just ask the Spirit and say, Spirit, what do you want me to talk about this week? And then the Spirit tells you. Talk about this. Yeah, okay, what do you want me to say? I, had, I told you before, I had a service one time I was doing in the afternoon when we had all those services here. I went out between services. And no, actually, I was in here. I was, I was sitting, I think I was sitting about there where Alex is, actually. I was sitting there, worship was going on at the Spanish-English service, right? I preached twice in the morning, early service and the second service already. Sermon was pretty good. Even I thought it was not bad, right? And I'm the worst critiquer. And I'm standing there, there, and the Spirit says, don't preach that one. I'm like, what? I've got like five minutes. No, that's not the word for today for this group of people. I'm like, what? Don't do that it's good, I've done it twice, it's gone well people liked it nope so I'm there kind of going I hope Ronnie keeps singing for a while right, so I said like what do you want me to speak on? I mean the whole Bible, there's there's a lot of choice right, so you have to just wait and say the Spirit, this is what I want you to speak gave me a verse, came to my mind one that I'd read funny that eh, one that I read came to mind and he said this is what I want you to speak on So I grabbed a sheet of paper and I wrote it down. I went, okay, now what do you want me to say? And then boom, 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 boom. These things came flooding into my head. No preparation. So I'm standing up here with one verse and four points and nothing else. Going, well, Spirit of God, you better do something because otherwise this is toast. But you know what happens? Afterwards, people came up and said, you know, that was just the word for me today. I needed to hear that word today. Why? Because the Spirit, the companion, brings the things of God into your heart and into your life for the blessing of other people. Jesus won't give you more anointing unless you want it. And the real question is, do you want it? Do you want to be walking close with him? Do you want to be testifying? Do you want to see the power of God working in and through you? Only you can answer that. Because you can stay spiritual babies for the whole of your life. You'll get to heaven. That's not what it's about. But you won't won't have that impact and that legacy on people's lives that God wants to lead through you. And he says, do you want it? Do you really want the anointing to flow? Because it's not about the anointing flowing through me. It's about all of us. We are the church together. It's not just about having an anointed leader or an anointed board or you're sitting next to someone who's anointed. It's about the Spirit saying, I want to anoint. I want it to bubble up and flow out through you. Because you are my church. You are my family. And it's through you that I want to bring the spirit and the presence of God to the people around you. Let's pray. Father, we want to thank you for your anointing. I thank you that it's for all of us, not just a select few. He says, dear friends, you're all anointed. I pray and ask that we would go through those steps forgiveness realignment testimony that we would say yes when you ask us to do things that we would read your word and understand your word through your holy spirit so that you you can remind us and we become more and more powerful and useful for you and know that you journey with us so that whatever you say whatever you want us to do. We're just instruments in your hands. Release your anointing through your people here. For I pray in the name of Christ. Amen.